Welcome to Love in the Love Boat, a fond and funny look back on the world's greatest cruise ship-based television show. I'm Ishvan, singer, songwriter, and TV fanatic. And I'm Michelle, pop culture enthusiast. Join us as we relive episodes of one of the most watched TV series of all time. Occasionally deviating to pop culture charts unknown. So come aboard. We're expecting you for another edition of Loving the the Love Boat. Boat. Michelle. Ishvan. You know what? We need to hit the ground running. I'll say. This was an emotional roller coaster this time. Well, that is true. But also, it was longer, right? The episode was a longer episode. Yeah, it was like an extra 15 minutes. This one was like a little extra long, and there is good reason for that. There most certainly is. All right, so welcome, everybody. I think we are just going to dive right in. It is me. It is Michelle. There is Pico the cat, if you hear a distressed cat somewhere down here with us, and I think our dog, June, as well. So it is star-studded today. <laughs> it's a family affair. It is. All right, so let's get into our three storylines, as always. Ready? Here You're we ready. go. First, we have A Time for Everything by Lee Aronson. We also have The Song is Ended by Lon Okun. And finally, we have Accidental Cruise by Steve Hoffman and Dave Hackle. Hmm. Two people for that one. Took two to write that (laughs) powerhouse storyline. You can see why. Well, I'm going to go down the uh, guest list. Please do. Okay, first and foremost, we have the great Richard Dawson. As Bert Buchanan. Yes. He's a songwriter, famous songwriter. But I, I'm assuming, right, Bert uh, Bacharach? I, I would think so. It's a play on his name. Yeah, they're basing it on him. Mm-hmm. Who else do we have? Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet! He plays Charlie Godwin or Goodwin? I think it was Godwin. Godwin. Everybody knows who Robert Goulet is, I think. Then I have- don't. I know who he is. But I was going to ask you, like, Robert Goulet, was he best known as, like, a singer? Yeah, he was in Camelot. I already was singing Camelot to you earlier. You know, you're, this is going to come as a surprise to you, but as a child, I wasn't really into Camelot. <laughs> That's, like, his famous role. Yeah. Camelot. I wasn't a Camelot head as a child, so I knew who Robert Goulet was. You know, he's kind of an unmistakable character, but I did not know what he was famous for. Wow. Then we have Juliet Mills is June Godwin. Yes. Sister of Haley Mills. Fun fact. She's married to Maxwell Caulfield from Greece too. Who's that? The cool rider. Oh, okay. And fun fact, she's twenty years older than him. Uh, hey. Right? More power to her. Tip of the hat to you, Juliet Mills. Yeah, they're still together too. Very good. And then we have the iconic Soupy Sales. You know what, you guys? At Victor Marshall. Now, this should come as no surprise. I love Soupy Sales. Who does? I love his sons, Hunt and Tony Sales, who were in Tin Machine with David Bowie and played with Iggy Pop at one of the best times on the Lust for Life record, one of his best records. I love the Sales families. I found the role that he was in kind of a strange choice for him. Yeah, he wasn't very comical. No, his whole thing is about being a clowny guy. Maybe he was like he needed something. He wanted to try something different. And I guess we got to like say that's kind of cool. But boy, I felt like that they really didn't utilize the strengths of Soupy Sales on this episode. Not at all. But they did use the strength of Joanne Worley. Absolutely. Who played Sandy Beal. You ain't going to go wrong with Worley. I know. She's awesome. Then we have Loretta Swit. With a powerhouse performance, I'll in my opinion. An- Holy cow. Anushka. Yes. Then we have somebody named Melanie Britt, who played Georgiana. Oh, good. I didn't see that name. And then last but not least, we have our introduction of Little Miss Jill Whelan. Yeah. As Vicky Stubing. Talk about another back-to-back powerhouse performances from like a, a 12-year-old Jill Whelan was pretty amazing on this episode. Although she was saying she was 10 on this, but I know she was older right. in real life. But... um. Yeah, and, and I'm going to just start with it. Once again, a child is left on a cruise by themselves. Yeah, she wanted, like, her aunt was, her, her aunt Dolores, was it Dolores Strickland? I think so. She was supposed to go on the cruise, but I can't remember what her reasoning was for not going on the cruise. So, yeah, I can't remember either at the last minute, but she was going to meet them in Puerto Vallarta. But, but I'm going to say again, which I've said before, if I hadn't known at 9 and 10 years old it was that easy to get on a cruise by yourself... I really would have tried hard. Well, it's just one more regret for you to add to your book of regrets. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Such a large volume. One more huge regret that I did not try to stow away on a cruise at 10 years old. But I don't know. Maybe the aunt knew. Dude, I am not getting in the weeds about the aunt this early on. We have so much to cover today. <laughs> because not only do we have all that to deal with, 
we have a commissar of cruise vessels from the Soviet Union on this cruise by the name of who? Anushka. Anushka Mashenkov? I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's Loretta Swit doing an incredible Russian accent. I thought she did a good job. She really did because she brought like actual real like, like a personality to doing this sort of Boris and Natasha uh-huh. accent that she was doing. And the captain is uh, treating her very well and introducing her to the rest of the crew. Allow me to introduce you to some of my staff. Anya Ivanovna Mashenkov, how do you do? I'm Julie McCoy, how do you do? Your function, please. Miss McCoy is our cruise director. Ah. Uh, Girl Smith, the function yeoman purser. Call me Gopher. Gopher is small rodent, makes burrows, yes? <laughs> That's him. <laughs> ah, it's a joke. Yes, I'm Isaac Washington, chief bartender. Uh, Adam Bricker, Miss Mashenkov. So nice to meet you. Your function? Uh, ship's doctor. Could we possibly inquire as to what your function might be? Uh, Miss Mashenko's function, Dr. Bricker, is commissar of cruise vessels for the Soviet Union. Now, Michelle, when, when she came on, like, it was kind of, I thought it like a little bit silly because, again, you know who Loretta Swit is and it's like this stock accent that she's using. Mm-hmm. But she really does bring like, like kind of like a full, I think, like personality to this character. Oh, she most certainly does. And then they, of course, pair up with Doc, who normally would be into the female companion. But because she's kind of stiff. Yeah, we get to see the whole like, you know, like almost like librarian reveal at some point (laughs) that she's actually a beautiful woman. But yeah, initially like that. She picks Doc, though, right? She picked him. She wanted him to be sort of like her escort. I think she was immediately like drawn to Doc for some weird reason. (laughs) They all are. Why don't we just get right into the Robert Goulet, Juliet Mills scenario, which I got to say, she's annoying throughout this whole cruise. I really disliked her so much and it was like oh my god they're really getting me with this character on the show (laughs) like I was really like I was really disliking her because of the way that she was acting but I mean it's like initially you're not you you don't know they're just a couple that are coming on right correct and they've not been on a vacation for quite some time they're uh they had their family yeah the first time that they're actually going somewhere together Charlie I think I left an egg boiling on the stove Philadelphia We've been gone for three days. Yes, I know. What do you think? I think it's probably done. Charlie, you're a big help. You know, June, in the 14 years since we've been married, we've had one business, two houses, three lovely children, and we've consumed thousands of eggs. And you know, this is the first vacation we've ever had alone. This cruise is going to be just for you and me. Quite the opposite of that couple. You got to have the yin and the yang. Yes, you do. With Soupy Sales and Joanne Worley. Yeah, they're hammered. <laughs> they're hammered. Uh, they come on. Put and themselves on a cruise or did they just wander onto the cruise? I was not clear. Well, let's let the rest of the crew also not be clear <laughs> okay. as far as who these guys are. Everybody must be anxious to sail. We're only missing one couple. The Wilsons. Oh, honeymoon suite. Oh, their luggage arrived hours ago. Well, they don't show up. I hope their luggage drops them a car. <laughs> Maybe when it came time to I do, they didn't. Don't look now. Oh, Wilson. So yeah, the crew thinks that these guys are a whole different couple, like a newlywed couple. And they just let them slide onto the ship without actually checking them in. Again, very easy to get on a cruise in the 70s. I guess so. But it's weird because usually the ship is at full capacity. And then for some reason, the newlywed couple who are like a special couple missed the cruise. But their luggage made it. (laughs) Man, that's so crazy. (laughs) That's so crazy. Because at some point I was like, Joan Worley slips into something new. I'm like, wait, where did she get clothes? Oh, they had the other person's luggage. It fits her perfectly. (laughs) Just like when John Ritter had the perfect (laughs) female clothing from stealing that other woman's luggage. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Well, hang on. We still have one other incredibly important passenger. Are you the admiral? No. I'm the captain. Oh. Where's the admiral? There is no admiral. I run the ship. 
Jill Whelan was a very cute little kid actor. She was super, super cute. And I thought, like, you know, sometimes it's kind of amazing kids that have that capacity to be that good of, like, actors, you know, right. at that age is kind of wild. Because, holy mackerel, man, did they lay a bunch of heavy stuff on you? Oh, my gosh. I, I was, like, weepy through <laughs> their whole scenario. I, I didn't realize the backstory of Vicky was so completely tragic. No, as a kid, I don't think I paid attention or it no. just didn't strike me because maybe you we were just like, oh, cool, there's a kid actor on this week or whatever. But it was heavy. Oh, absolutely. And the only thing that was helping me not fall to pieces was the flashbacks, dude. Oh, my gosh. Gavin McLeod, 10 years younger. With that dark hair? Yeah, they don't give him more <laughs> hair. They just no. dye his his remaining hair jet black. Like, it's it's like it was, literally like marker on the side of his head. It's like a shoe polish. Oh, my God. But it, it was weird. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, he was still bald 10 years ago, but... I feel like they stained his scalp permanently with that stuff that they put on his head because it looks so insane. They could at least have put like a hair piece on top. Yeah, throw a toupee on the guy 10 years ago or something. <laughs> but those were wild and those were so overly dramatic and they were fantastic. I love them. Should we just do it now? How many things or did you catch any of the other small little oddities on this episode? Like things people were wearing? That's one of them. Did you see Robert Goulet's frog pin? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. I have that right in my notes. I'm like, what was the meaning behind the frog pin? Was it an Illuminati symbol? I like in some know. weird lighthearted way? He He's wearing a tuxedo and he has a weird frog. Like it looks like a patch almost like on his lapel. It's a cartoony frog. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't even notice honestly until the second time around. Oh, I noticed right away that I was like, maybe it's like, did he have children? Was it a nod to his children? You know, like I'm going to wear this frog pin on. That was so strange. Now, hang on. I need a drum roll for this. Did you see our guy? Did you spot our guy? No, I was looking for him. Where was he? All right. See, this is the thing. I didn't see this until later. Our favorite extra, who we we I made a little uh, Instagram reel recounting so far his best appearance on the, the Halloween episode, the previous episode. He is in the dining room. Yeah. <laughs> He's the maitre d'. <laughs> so you've got to look... When I believe Robert Goulet comes in, if you look over his shoulder, he's in there fake talking to guests as they come into the dining room. Well, interesting that you say that because this Internet Movie Database time had all these like extra characters on there. Mm-hmm. And there's two that they had as waiters, John Marlin and Kenny Studer. I'll take your word for it. And um, I need to look those names up. And then they had a character. It says passenger, Johnny Disco. Oh! <gasps> But it said passenger. You said he was the major D. I don't know, dude. I, we we can't like guess at this now. I'm just I mean, telling I wanna you. I want to say his name is Johnny Disco just based on his 
let's here. for this point but this I'm point forward two guys no too. his name is johnny disco as far as i'm <laughs> concerned because that kind of does make sense yeah and again just quickly there also was during a musical number in the lounge our favorite candle holder is like has a starring role on the piano like they placed it weirdly on the piano and i don't know why they did it and i took a photo of it and i will be posting that picture of our favorite candle holder well let's get back to robert goulet juliet mills and richard dawson because they used to be almost like a writing duo in their college days yeah that's their backstory uh, richard dawson like we Singing, said is sort writing. of a burt Bacharach, burt Bacharach character he's very well known and his yeah former i think like college roommate which and- is robert goulet he also was a songwriter but his life took a different path yeah, back of course it's kind of like the uh, the other story before with um, Isaac and the uh, the other couple. Yeah, it's a similar story, but yeah. um, she got pregnant, and so he took the path of family man working in advertising. And Richard Dawson went on to great success as a singer and a songwriter. Meanwhile, she's miserable because she misses the excitement, I guess, of having a songwriter husband. She is a nightmare. She <laughs> she is a total and complete nightmare because every woman who has like a musician spouse or whatever, you know, it's like, it's not an easy life. Like a woman, you know, normally would maybe be like, kind of like, oh, wow, he made this sacrifice. He gave up what he liked to go into like this other business to make money. But she's disappointed that he didn't stay in music it, it it's crazy. It doesn't make any logical sense to me whatsoever. And she's just being mean to him the whole time. Right. Well, he never wrote a song about her. Oh, my gosh. Did she write a song for him? No. Did she write him a poem? Why Why has he got to write her a song? He's off there making the deals, doing the advertising. And she's making eyes at Burt Buchanan. Oh, my gosh. She's totally <laughs> throwing herself at this guy. And Goulet's, like, accepting it, like, very valiantly. It's just absolutely crazy. Yeah, I just, I didn't understand, like, the dynamic there because he's trying. He's working a job. He's, you know, well, you know and, what? and Let's just, he's you taking know... taking all her abuse. Yeah, it's terrible. Let's just jump. We got a jump cut now. If you're bringing this up now, we got a jump cut because they don't even know he's on this ship. I don't know how because it seems like a big deal that this big star is on the ship. They don't even know he's on the ship. And then they go to the dining room and then Johnny Disco's there as the maitre d'. And then the next thing you know, they're bringing out flaming ducks from the kitchen oh, for some yeah. reason. Oh, yeah. How cool was that? Don't get in the way of my flaming duck story. <laughs> and the next thing you know, they see old Bert Buchanan sitting at the table and he screams at him across the way and then they all have some kind of reunion. I don't believe it. Who was the greatest songwriter ever to come out of Syracuse University? I was. How about the other half of that exciting team? Bert? Oh, Bert. Bert! Bert! Will you excuse me? Come here. Charlie! <laughs> hey, how are you doing, oh, I'm doing fine. 13 years. You're Charlie. looking great. You're looking pretty good. Oh, and you're lovely, huh? And you're more famous. You still married to this bug? Great, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, swell. <laughs> Once again, I keep harping on this. But Vicky, not only is she on this cruise alone, but then she gets her own room. She's a little kid. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. So, of course, she's scared. Well, I'm sure that we can provide some amusing activities for you while you're aboard. Huh? You'll have fun. Mm. You're a nice man, Captain Steubing, but you should learn to relax. Excuse me, Did you hear something? What kind of something? Probably a monster. Oh, a monster. <laughs> there. You see? No monsters. They hide when the lights are on. Yeah, better check the bathroom. <laughs> I stay with you, Captain Stubing. I bet you don't have any monsters. Well, I don't. Please. Please. Well, I suppose we can find some room for you in my cabin. Do you like how the captain uses tough love with Vicky? <laughs> There's nothing in this room. He's <laughs> just a realist. <laughs> right. Go to sleep. <laughs> but she doesn't. She goes back to his room, which I found strange. But then as we as we progress into this, it's like... It I, makes sense. But that's the thing is like they're alluding to the fact that maybe this was his 
child. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it was his child ultimately, right? Because I mean, we all know that Vicky comes onto the ship later on. Correct, and and there there's these flashbacks are also adding to that. And again, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to oh, the, to that dinner. Why would he give her liver and onions? Why is that a thing kids need to eat? I have no idea. And again, with the liver and onions on this show, liver has iron. But liver is a popular meal on this cruise ship too. It's like all terrible things when you're a kid. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just give her the cool flaming duck? I don't know. It's almost like a form of torture. You it know, I've been so angry as a kid. Everybody else gets this cool flaming duck, and I got to eat disgusting liver. You know what? Maybe it ties in to the suffering of the Russian people. Because mm-hmm. Nanuchka or whatever, she's rolling around typically like like humorless, you know, iron-fisted Russian person. But she's had the foresight and the generosity of having three cases of vodka delivered to the ship. Not a bad idea. That's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Next episode, we want everyone to fashion themselves a vodka drink. The one alcoholic drink that I prefer in my life when I do actually uh, indulge is a vodka gimlet. It's a very simple recipe. I sometimes spruce it up with a little extra something, which I will clue everybody into. But I will put up a recipe for vodka gimlet uh, for the next episode. Uh, We definitely, absolutely, will have vodka gimlets in hand for our next taping. So Mm. we'd like you to do the same. But she goes to the bar. She does. kind of getting to uh, know everybody. She's tactlessly mocking Julie's work. The mm-hmm. candles on the pool. <laughs> and the pool cleaners. Did you see the extras? No. There were a lot of extras in jumpsuits cleaning the pool during that scene. But she goes up and she kind of was being complimentary because she's like, she's telling Isaac that she thought that he had more potential than to be just a mere bartender. Mm-hmm. And this turned into an amazing little scene where Isaac schools her on the shortcomings of communism. Don't you just love the candles in the pool? It's frivolous and decadent. Ah, we think people on holiday deserve a little of both. Isaac, you are bartender here. Yes? Chief bartender. Why is it you do not do something more important? What? And throw away four years of bartender school? Miss Lukashenko, if you're going to put down Isaac, I hardly... Oh, wait, hold it, Doc. I don't think she is. I think uh, she just wants to know why I like being a bartender. It's correct. I like this job best because I get to meet people. I mean, all kinds of people. People are where is that for me. That means I like people. But the most important thing is, I got to choose this job. Someone else didn't choose it for me. Sometimes it is better if others tell you what to do. Ah, well, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> Weren't expecting this. No, I was not. I, no, neither was I expecting that he went to four years of bartending school. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if he was joking or he was serious. <laughs> like, I didn't think bartending school would be four years. Yeah, really. He would be able to make anything on earth. <laughs> right? Probably do CPR and right. <laughs> so I don't know what else for four years. <laughs> but the thing is, for some reason, I mean, Doc really has like the Kavorka. <laughs> because he he like he wins women over like crazy and she is starting to like him and so she's wanting to do what it takes to win doc over and she asks julie for a little help hello i want to be slinky <laughs> Michelle, I don't know if Soupy Sales and Joanne Worley were drinking vodka gimlets, but these two finally kind of sober up a little bit and realize the complicated scenario they are involved in. Mr. Marshall. (laughs) Where are we? I mean, this isn't your apartment? (laughs) Good Lord, we're surrounded by water. Maybe the water cooler exploded. <laughs> I fail to see the humor, Miss Beale. Let me see. We were in the office, and I was giving you a letter to Mr. James McWhorter of Unified Marine Products. Right. Then uh, Mr. Gerber came in and dragged us to an office party. Which I make it my policy never to attend. Boy, that was some fruit punch. Oh. <laughs> Remember you said something about taking me to see that new Japanese freighter in port? Good Lord, we're on our way to Tokyo. (laughs) Pretty fancy freighter. Well, do you remember anything else? You know, like, well, uh, did we... (laughs) 
We had trouble making sense, let alone Whoopi. We've got to go find the captain. I want to apologize, Miss Beale. Your reputation has been compromised. I wouldn't say that. But we could work on it. They got drunk at an office party, apparently, and booked themselves on a cruise. They didn't book themselves. They just wandered like, onto a cruise. Yeah, they wandered on. Like they want, He wanted to go show her some kind of ship or something <laughs> like that. It was like the weirdest, weakest. It took two people to write this, this <laughs> <I> storyline. Right. <laughs> two people to write their storyline. And so they wander onto the ship just accidentally. And they were at like an office party that he normally didn't do. Again, he's playing like the straight-laced guy, and it just... It was killing me. Me too. I wanted to see full-on Soupy Sales going nuts, and he was just totally playing it straight, and it was kind of um, frustrating. Right. But we find out Joanne Worley has always liked him, so she confesses anyway right out of the box. Well, he has that that trademark 1970s guy wire, like steel wool (laughs) hair combed hard to the side, and I think that that really was... All women have a different uh, type. And women really were drawn to that that kind of guy. Kind of sad that the Brillo comb over isn't a thing. Brillo, that's good. <laughs> isn't a thing anymore. And I'm sure it'll make a comeback. <laughs> I'm sure it will. There'll be a lot of elderly ladies getting excited again. Now, hang on. Like I said, there's one of the greatest tropes of all time. Some sort of like either nerdy woman or straight-laced woman. All like sewn up. And then all of a sudden, they do some slinky magic. <laughs> And all of a sudden, they come into the dining room, and Doc sees that instantaneously. And abandons his flaming Doc. Oh, he throws that Doc to the ground. <laughs> I would never leave that flaming Doc. <laughs> You're chowing down. And he makes a beeline for Manuchka. Anushka. Anushka. And they begin their cruise ship romance. Doctor appreciates transformation, yes? Appreciates? The doctor's stunned. Can I buy you a drink, draw you a bath, give you an alcohol rub? Not like alcohol rub. I've already had baths. I take drink. Of anything. Waiter. Champagne. Oh, champagne. No, it's not a drink for the proletariat. Well, what would you like? Oh, I would like my vodka. Uh, waiter, uh, some of Miss Mashenkov's vodka. So they uh, are drinking vodka shots all night long. They didn't even eat dinner, it looks like. Yeah, well, that's true. They don't even eat. It's just like they're they're drinking, drinking, drinking. And Doc's kind of drunk. So I started thinking, what if there was an emergency on the ship? You know what would happen. Isaac, after four years of bartender <laughs> school, would go in and he probably well, he would say- he did know how to get that ship out of that's the it. storm. So. I think we all know who the real like <laughs> like person in charge is. It's, it's Isaac. It's is always going to take care of business when everybody else is goofing Bartenders around. Bartenders are the best. They know everything. He does. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, like after like a, I think traditionally it only takes maybe like a five minute nap to completely sober up <laughs> from being so drunk that you've wandered onto a cruise ship that you don't belong on. And that's exactly what happens with Soupy Sales. And he does not find this situation funny at all. Nope. But Joanne is seeing the potential fun in this. And she just kind of wants to take advantage of, you know, what they've walked into and have a good time. I don't blame her. Right. But Soupy is having none of it. Miss Beale, what do you wear? This is some fancy ship. Look what comes with the room. (laughs) Mr. Marshall, do you know what this is? It's a cruise to Mexico. I know. And this belongs to the honeymoon couple who missed the ship. Oh, boy. This is gonna be a ball. Miss Beale, this is serious. This ship is filled to capacity. We're gonna have to continue sharing this stateroom. Well, we just have to make the best of it, won't we? No, we'll get off the first port and fly home. Oh, but we can still go dancing tonight. No, I want to finish that letter to Mr. McWhorter. Now? Now. Uh, Mr. James McWhorter, Unified Marine Products. Uh, Mr. Marshall. Yes? There's something I've been trying to tell you for a long time. See, the truth of the matter is, I have a very big crush on you. (laughs) Yes, well, um, dear Mr. McWhirt, (laughs) regarding your complaint about our latest shipment of semaphore flags. Wait a minute. Didn't you hear me? I just poured my soul out to you. Um, 
Regarding your complaint about a recent shipment of semaphore flags, I feel... You feel? You don't feel anything. You're just a cardboard cutout with a, a heart of stone. Well, you can take your dictation and your two-bit secretarial job and your semaphore flags and just shove them in your briefcase! <laughs> If you wandered onto a cruise ship, I'm going to, here's my analytical brain again. Why would you expect her to take dictation? Why, what, what could she, what could he possibly have to say when he has nothing? They just wandered onto the cruise ship. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I think, I don't know. <laughs> just have fun. No, I would be freaked out. I mean, I would be freaked out if you knew that you had wandered onto a ship and it wasn't your... I wouldn't get right back to business. No, I mean, maybe he's handling it in kind of a strange way. But I think they are just establishing that he's super by the book kind of a guy. Yeah, and they're trying to, you know, like draw that sort of like... Right, it took two people to put that together. And so she storms off and she goes to the bar or the lounge, the disco lounge. Yeah, the disco lounge. But like, where where is the other place? Because Richard Dawson is kind of holding court at a piano somewhere else. Maybe there's like a little mini bar. There's many bars on a cruise ship. Well, he's in one of the many, but it's him and our favorite candle holder. Is it the Coral Lounge? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I, I don't want to go on record. I really don't and, and make a mistake of that magnitude. But all I know is this dude, he's just like jamming on the piano and oh, people are- Oh, no, it's are... a Pirate's Cove because I have it written. You just said jam and I was looking at my notes and I have their Pirate's Cove jam. Thank you, Michelle, You're for welcome. clearing that up. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh-huh. And yes, he's jamming in the Pirate's <laughs> Cove on the Cove piano <laughs> and he introduces his two friends and then he lures Robert <laughs> to sit next to him and sing the stupidest song ever written. Yeah! Hey, hi, June and Charlie Godwin, late at Syracuse University. Very late. <laughs> now, this is my old girl. He's my old friend. And collaborator. As a matter of fact, perhaps the better songwriter of the two of us. Which is probably why she married him, because as you can see, it certainly wasn't a matter of looks. <laughs> well, how about a song you wrote together? You see, the requests for my music never stop pouring in. Hey, remember this one? No. But the rhyming song. Oh, why? Come on, you want to hear him do it? That song made me angry. <laughs> Why? It was so annoying. It was so fun. And they were having a great time. Oh, yeah. The, the people gathered around were having a great time. It was wacky. <laughs> it was. And they're like overdubbed singing. Or at least at least Richard Dawson's was. Like He must have recorded his vocals later. Because Robert Goulet at least sounded like he was actually singing live there. Was Julia Mills being a total B in this situation too? Like, can't remember. You know, like, or, like fawning over Richard Dawson I, right I in front of was. her husband. Oh my gosh, it was awful. And so they're at this point though they're having fun. It's like you would think I was thinking that like Robert Goulet was going to be really like jealous of him or angry of him because he also was supposedly like a really good songwriter. You know, he was he was happy to see him. They were having like a nice time together. All this stuff stemmed really from her. You know, mm-hmm. she was causing kind of all these problems, you know. And the one thing that I wish, I wish Vicky could have included them and their problems in her seriously serious prayer. Please bless Julie and Gopher and Doc and Isaac and especially Captain Stubing because he's very nice even if he doesn't want people to know. And God, please take care of my mommy. 
make sure that she doesn't hurt anymore. Amen. Oh my gosh, it absolutely was. And Michelle, you know, to to your thing where you were fascinated with the super close-ups, there are tons of super close-ups in this episode. I know. Oh my gosh. And they are zoned in on her as she's saying this very somber prayer. And it was incredibly powerful. And then the cap, there's like the powerful, like the captain walks into the back air, back frame because mm-hmm. he's listening to her prayer. Oh, and this was, is this where he like kind of like she's like saying about like losing both of her parents? I think so. This was insane, you guys. This was so heavy, seriously. And I it re- I needed to lay down. Like it was just like <laughs> this poor girl loses her father when she's just little little and then her mother when she's only supposedly like 9 years old or cuz she would have been younger before coming on this cruise. Her mom died 8 months ago, she oh said. Oh my god. So she was like probably like 9 years old. And this child has dealt so much tragedy in her life. Michelle, at this point, were you praying for Joanne Worley to hook up with Soupy Sales? <laughs> I was kind of praying for her to find somebody else. Someone else, yeah, really. I mean, I know she's goofing around with Gopher to make him jealous, but... <laughs> right. Well, she is. She has, as you guys recall, she stormed out of the room. She quit on top of everything mm-hmm. else. I mean, not only did she storm out of the room, but she quit. And then she's in another bar. You know, there's no shortage of bars in and these Isaac places. And Isaac is always the bartender in these bars. He's everywhere. <laughs> I think they have like that, like at the bank where you put a tube in a thing. He's in like some sort of tube and it shoots him from every single bar on the ship. So he could show up where he needs to be. I guess so. But it's like him and I do believe Gopher, right? Aren't mm-hmm. they trying to like cheer her up? Yes, they are. So, finally decided to see what the rest of the ship looks like. Where's your better hat? Believe me, anything's better than being stuck in a cabin with that crop. Oh, no, no, no. Don't be hasty. All newlyweds have these little spats. <laughs> Mrs. Wilson, please, what kind of a man do you think I'd be? <laughs> I'm not Mrs. Wilson. I'm not even married. You're not. I'm Miss Beale, Mr. Marshall's secretary. We're not even supposed to be on this ship. Oh. Good. Can I put you in the Wilson's cabin? <laughs> I'm in a great deal of trouble. Trouble? I just told Mr. Marshall I loved him. And he told me to take dictation. He must be bananas. <laughs> what am I going to 
tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to waste any more tears over him, right? No. You are going to circulate. You're going to meet people. You're going to dance the night away. Yeah, you're going to have a ball. I mean, let him see what he's missing. You're going to be the life of the party. <laughs> oh, I may have to come up with an alternate solution. <laughs> After the pep talk, they come up with this plan, correct? Oh, because Soupy comes out of the room looking for her, kind mm-hmm. of, right? Right. And then she she sort of like enlists Gopher into like making out. To make him jealous. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like their job is to help everybody be happy and hook up. So they head back and kind of do a little like play acting. Oh, Miss Beale. Sandy, you're the most wonderful woman I've ever met. Oh, I am. I just want to take you in my arms and kiss you. And kiss you. Go. Oh, go. It was like when you're like a kid and you're play kissing your hand. They were doing that. I know they were. They were actually doing that very thing out in the hallway. And I think it started to work. Yeah, he kind of was listening at the door. The salesman was starting to get jealous. (laughs) It seems that their little ploy has worked. He does seem to be getting jealous, Soupy Sales. Yeah. He's waking up to the fact that Whirly is a (laughs) wonderful, desirable woman. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes, a little jealousy, really, to get any person kind of uh, interested, (laughs) you know? Meanwhile, Doc's waking up with one serious hangover. Come on, Doc, let's go. Ah, aren't you awake yet? <laughs> Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to say goodbye to our late friend, Adam Brown. <laughs> What happened to you? I don't know. Somebody stole my pajamas. <laughs> I know I had a vodka or two. And the next thing I remember, I was back in my baby carriage. Mm-hmm. What's this? Oh. Oh. Dear Dr. Bricker, thank you for a wonderful evening. I take you to bed. Mm-hmm. You are good men. Hey, hey, she gave you an A. That's her initial. A is for Anya. Oh, I see. Well, Doc, she says here she took you to bed. <laughs> oh, that's one for the books, isn't it? Adam Bricker, legendary seducer of women, seduced and abandoned himself. Interesting enough. So he seems to think that she took advantage of him based on her misunderstanding her letter. Yes. And then he, like, when he confronts her, I thought it was interesting, too, that that he was kind of, it was about consent. I mean, there was a whole thing on consent, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool because, you know, Doc's furious. You wear no hat? Oh, no. See, that's just an expression. It is. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. Miss Malenko. I know you're used to a dictatorship, but there are certain things we just don't dictate. We have a two-party system here, and we don't do any lovemaking unless both parties agree. And we don't go around taking advantage of helpless people. I mean, you could have at least asked in a nice way. Excuse me. It is kind of nice to know that he believes that there should be consent between the two people. You know, Absolutely. It's not, yeah, and that, that was kind of kind of awesome mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of that, that's the stuff that I thought would be kind of like cringy or uh, completely not cool. You know what I mean? I agree. And like his storyline is kind of serious too because he's falling in love with her. Yeah, it, it was nice. That was kind of awesome, you know, because so much of what, you know, he's involved in is sort of trivial and uh, just physical. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, once, once they... they clear up their miscommunication and she tells him that she just tucked him into bed like a baby and folded his clothes and shined his shoes and did a whole bunch of stuff for him yeah, what, did she have like a steam machine with her that she made his clothes all perfectly pressed i, <laughs> I mean like know. did you see how nice his clothes were i did look like it came back from the dry cleaner right, somehow like his shoes are all nicely polished too 
I guess that is a woman you want to marry because she's doing it all for you, man. And she can drink you under the bar any day of the week. And she's a tough, uh, you know, businesswoman. <laughs> what do you mean a tough businesswoman? Well, because she's in charge of the cruise line. It... There's no businesswoman in Russia. They tell you what your job is and that's what you got to do. There's no business involved. You don't have to have any business acumen. She's your commissar. She's what? That's right, she's Dirk Commissar. I mean, he wrote that about this episode. I think, let's say that. Falco the guy's name is totally... Johnny Disco, and Falco wrote Dirk Commissar, <laughs> inspired from We're this. We're writing like our own fan fiction. Does anyone local. remember Falco? I hope you do out there. <laughs> they just don't make music like that anymore. They do not. Michelle, because I love the, the groovy candle holder so much, I was distracted and forgot that during that thing, this Haley Mills is a B beyond compare. Juliet Mills. What'd I call her? Haley, her sister. Mills is like all excited. That's a great idea. And she grabs Dawson and then just leaves with him to go dancing. Actually, we were three couples. You and him, me and him, and you and me. Tell you, she had everything. She sure had us. <laughs> Not literally, understand. <laughs> Still writing songs? <laughs> No, a jingle now and then, but after a whole day's work in an advertising agency... Now he makes money, not music. Honey, Bert makes money. And music. Would anyone like to go to the Acapulco Lounge and dance? Oh, I'd love to. It's been years. Come on, Bert. Okay. Excuse us. I thought that was weird, because Julie was... was trying to get Richard Dawson to go dancing with her. Yeah, because she was digging him. She dug him as soon as he got on the ship because, of course, she has that obsession with older men. She really does. So I she was sure her old in. man radar went off like crazy. <laughs> and then Julia Mills is like, great idea. And then she just goes, and then Goulet is seemingly fine about it. Not really. I, I think, like, maybe he was. He just was so tolerant of all of this he behavior. Really was. It was, like, superhuman. Later that night, Goulet comes back to the room later with a bottle of champagne for her oh, to yeah, kind of like, get things romantic. And he's she's, still trying. And she's drawing a bath. <laughs> Who takes a bath on a cruise ship? That's so gross. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like hotel even showers, let alone taking a bath in a hotel. <laughs> or stay on target. <laughs> stay on target, Jedi. What? <laughs> so he's trying. He brings the champagne and... And you know, Robert Goulet's a handsome man. He is. You know what I mean? He's a handsome man, especially for that time. I'll say he is. And this lady's just like so so preoccupied with everything else. She don't care that he brought the champagne. No, she goes back to her bath and he gets upset. This grabs is my the favorite bottle, part. And he goes. It was my favorite part where I he walked right out thing. the door in his tie. He looked great with a little frog emblem on. <laughs> and he was right out the door. And then she realized that, you know, like, oh. Uh, but that part I really enjoyed. It was so satisfying. Kudos to Lon Okun on, on, <laughs> on that scene, man. That was dramatic, and it was it was awesome. And then Goulet shows up the next morning after being out all night. Uh-huh. The Phantom returns. I'm sorry. I didn't know how late it was. You must have had a hint when it stopped being dark. <laughs> I just get tired of being compared to Bert. Nobody does that but you. You still blame me, don't you, Charlie? For what? For getting pregnant, for giving you the responsibility of a family when all you really wanted to do was to be free and write songs and and be what Bert is. What in hell are you talking about? I wanted our family as much as you did, more than anything. Noble Charlie to the very end. Oh, June, after all these years, you haven't got the faintest idea how I feel about you. You made that pretty clear last night. I'm going to eat. Wait a minute, I'll, I'll get changed. Oh, don't bother. I understand they serve a perfectly wonderful breakfast for frustrated ladies on this boat. But one relationship on this uh, cruise ship that is going well, Vicky and the captain. She really likes the captain. Have any threes? Go fish. <sighs> Do you have any jacks? Excuse me. Do you have any jacks? <sighs> jacks? <laughs> jacks. <laughs> <laughs> I 
never had to leave. Yeah, I'm sure that your aunt and uncle are nice, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They have a house that looks like a castle, and it has a swimming pool. And my cousin Jimmy can go swimming at night, and even in the winter. Sounds like you have a lot of fun there. Yeah. I like Aunt Dolores and Uncle Harry. I like you a whole lot, too. Yeah, so like they're having like a really nice time, and mm-hmm. the captain is just spending like basically he's he's showering her with attention, you know, and everything else is kind of falling by the wayside, mm-hmm. as it should. Yeah, so so like they're they're having um a great time, and then he actually makes a ship to shore phone call mm, to visit her aunt. Yeah, to see if she could stick around a little while longer for the big party. You know, this is when they were like playing cards with one another, correct? Mm, probably. And you know what I think happens? Hmm. I mean, you do this a lot of the times because you get very into cards and you're very competitive. And sometimes when you're making a, a grand gesture, you throw your elbow out. And I think the captain had similar elbow problems. <laughs> and who do you go to? Doc. You got a minute? For my captain, of course. I uh, just thought I'd come down and have you take a look at my, uh, my elbow. It's been giving me some trouble lately. Well, sure. Come on over. I'll give it the once-over. Uh, what's the problem? Well, it uh, just sort of hurts. Tell me, Adam, have you given any thought to living on land again? Living on land? Yes. You know, nice house, lots of room, a garden. Close to playgrounds and schools. You're pretty stuck on Vicky, aren't you? More than just that. One time I was very... Close to her mother. I see. And you think the fact that you have the same eyes is perhaps more than a coincidence? It's not impossible. Well, nothing's impossible. But does it really make any difference, Meryl? Vicky needs a home. I know. That's why I was thinking oh, that maybe you'd I... you'd be lousy on land and you know it. She needs more than a daddy. She needs a mother, other kids. She needs... More than you can give her. Well, Doctor, as usual, your diagnosis is faultless. I only wish that prescription weren't so hard to fill. Well, so after Doc kind of dissuades him from any kind of like permanent relationship with Vicky. That's some pretty like heavy advice, you know. Well, yeah, he's right. I mean, the captain would do terrible on land, and then Vicky—that's really no life for a little girl on a cruise ship. Unless you're me. <laughs> I would love that life. <laughs> You've been so happy. At 10 years old on a cruise ship. You would have been, you would have been in heaven. <laughs> I know, buffets. Oh, you would have been in the kitchen dancing. all the time. You would have been hanging out with like PJ Muldoon. <laughs> right. You, you would have been so happy Shuffle on a cruise Shuffleboard. It would have been great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is it too late? <laughs> but this is why the captain though too is amazing because he's taking this information to heart and then he has this really difficult, extra difficult decision to make because he would like to spend time with her, but he's thinking of her best interests mm-hmm. and he's trying to start to break this sort of like news to Vicky, right? You all packed? I'm packed. Good. I don't want to go. Why can't I stay here with you? Vicky. Why couldn't I? Now look, you have an aunt and uncle who love you very much. You'll be much happier living with them than with a grouchy old seaman. You aren't grouchy. You're the best. You'll have vacations. You can visit me. And someday, when you get a little older, who knows? You might make a fine cruise director like Julie. Imagine Vicky starting to get the picture that she can't live on this cruise ship with him anymore. 
Probably. I mean, maybe. And then I hope that deep down she understands that she's going to a house that looks like a castle and has a pool. <laughs> and a and a cousin. Yeah, that they, Jimmy, that, <laughs> that they can swim in all year round. Absolutely. That's also where I would have liked to have been as a child. <laughs> in a castle. I would have left my house in about five minutes flat <laughs> if there was Jimmy, my cousin, who had a pool. I, I would have been very nice to Jimmy. <laughs> but they still have the party time together that later on that night, so... Yeah. All is not lost. I mean, the apex really beyond. I mean, there, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of apexes on mm-hmm. this ship. The songwriters, yes, you know, and it's leading to sort of like this large sort of performance. He's entertaining. Everybody's really having a great time. And basically, still, Mills has been nothing but problematic. You feel like she's ready to leave her husband for this other guy, right? And they get ready for the big song. And Richard Dawson. He is a class act. He is. He makes a very important announcement. Once upon a time, I went to college with two wonderful people. Two of us were songwriters. The other was the most terrific girl you'd ever want to meet. And as those things happened, we both fell in love with her. I've had a lot of luck since then, a lot of success. In fact, I think I've gotten everything I ever wanted. Except one, the girl. He got her. And with it, a lifetime of happiness greater than anything I've ever known. Anyway, this song is for her. Oh, one other thing. I didn't write this song. He did. Was it so long ago? So she immediately changes her tune. I hate her. I mean... I, 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 I don't like her, I should say. Let me be less brutal. Because at the beginning, she was thinking that Richard... No, I hate her. I don't. (laughs) That Richard Dawson wrote the song about her. And thanks to him, that was a pretty gallant move on his part. Because obviously, he could have taken that wife away from him in about five seconds. Oh, he totally could have. Without even trying, he was on his way to doing so. And then he basically saves that marriage. Which I don't know if he's doing Robert Goulet a service, to be quite honest. I know. He could have just taken her away and then (laughs) dumped her when they got to port. And then Goulet would have been a free man. Happy. And, uh, you know, after these guys tearfully reconcile, Mm -hmm. yeah, there is that big party, too, that's kind of, I think, coinciding with this. And... Poor Captain Merrill has to let Vicky go. Oh, that was so tearful and dramatic, too. Oh, my gosh. It was like, that's just heartbreaking. Uh, I don't know how you handle something like that. But then the big reveal after all that is he knew that was his daughter the whole time. Wait, what? He pulls that letter out at the very end out of his wooden box. His ornate letter box? Yeah, where he was sending her birthday gifts. Why did you just talk in Italian accent? He's ascending. <laughs> I don't know. That got me all emotional because it made it worse, actually. Oh my God. He pulls out that box, <laughs> his special letter box, and you get to hear from the great beyond his former love read a message to him. Vicky was three today. We had a nice little party in the backyard. She was simply thrilled with the stuffed elephant. She hasn't let go of it all day. I wish you could see her. She really does seem to have your eyes. But but that really broke my heart then, that he knew the whole time that, that he had a daughter out there and he was sending her presents and stuff. Yeah, that's intense, man. That is it, really, really <laughs> wild. Well, that's why I was wondering if the aunt knew it, and that's why she put Vicky on the cruise. You know what? All of this is too heavy for me. It really is. I told you I had to lay down. I was doing all of my work in the prone position because I couldn't take it. It was too emotional. And the only thing that saved me was Joanne Worley. And Soupy Sales. Oh, my God. Finally, they let the Soupy loose at the very, very end, and he's leaving the ship, and then she finally just like calls out to him because mm-hmm. some of what Gopher was doing was kind of screwed up. And then she basically says she doesn't want him to leave. And he's like, oh, you need somebody else. You need this. You need that. They immediately just kind of like figure it all out right then and there, which I appreciated. And what did they do, Michelle? What did they do? Your favorite. Oh, they did the comical, passionate kiss. Yeah, but she was the aggressor. Oh, I loved it so very much. Yes, I did film it. And yes, I am going to post it on Instagram. (laughs) So that was a nice, like, happy ending. It was awesome. And those guys actually shortly after that, they do just say they're good. Well, well, you're certainly going down the gangplank. Well, 
think you'd better shave till you came out. Well, you see what a little saw there and a large romance can do for you? <laughs> well, I guess it's back to the office for you two. Well, just me, I'm afraid. I offered her another position, and she accepted. <laughs> and then, you know, we've had a lot of tears on this episode, but not a tearful goodbye from Robert Goulet. Because Richard Dawson regales them with his itinerary. <laughs> oh, I know. Where was he off to? Australia? <laughs> let me let Richard tell you, Michelle. Okay, please tell me, Richard. Refresh my memory. Well, well, it was great fun. But it was just one of those things. Now, look, it's not going to be another 15 years, is it? Not this time. Mm-hmm. It's Philadelphia, right? Hey, I'll be there. I got to go to London for two months. Go to Hollywood, make a movie. And then, hey, I'll be there, Right. Right. Don't forget his match game career probably came shortly after that, too. Yeah, he had match game to do, and then he had to take over the family feud, and he had so many I mean, things. What was that movie he was in? Jaws. No. Star Wars. Running Man. <laughs> running Man. Was it Running Man? I think you're right. Or he was the announcer for the game show? Dude, I like when you ask me a question, but you have all the answers to <laughs> I'm it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't I'm, not, know. I'm not sure. I'm not confident in my answer. Be confident, please. Hasn't the love boat taught you to be confident yet? <laughs> no. Like the great Loretta Swit? That's true. Because, dude, were you ready for all this at the end? No, because that got heavy, too, with Doc. You know, you think you're just going to have, like, a simple goodbye. And before you know it... You know, she is saying goodbye to everyone, and then Doc pulls her over, and what does he do? Proposes. Anushka. Don't go. Stay here. (laughs) Marry me. Are you serious? Utterly serious. It's a wonderful idea to be with you always. I can't think of anything more wonderful. But Adam, in Soviet Union, I am commissar in charge of cruise vessels. I cannot be this here. Well, but you'll have freedom, fun, sunshine, Disneyland. <laughs> Me? You love this country very much, yes? Yes. I, too, love my country very much. But... Adam, I've never met anyone like you. And I never will again. My heart is filled with love for you. But you must tell me goodbye. Goodbye, my Anushka. Nirvami. There's so many noteworthy things about this, Michelle. This is one of the most unexpected kind of things and the longest goodbye, I think, of all of the goodbyes we've had on any episode. And it starts off completely bizarre where Doc literally proposes to her like a little boy. Right. Where he does his little nod like, yes, which was (laughs) insane. It was. And then it turns into like a really dramatic scene that I thought was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Loretta Swit was great. She was. And it was another close up. I thought, like, honestly, man, it was kind of like movie-worthy, like, scene between the two of them. She, Loretta Swit was was great. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was incredible on this, I thought. She was so good. Wild to see Doc proposing, wild to see Doc deciding that he wants to, like, settle with someone, and then finding a way out of that to where it couldn't be. So that's kind of a sad ending for Doc. Yeah, that really was, because he had then decided that he wanted to be with her, and that was really, that was really tough. But But I guess they are making the decisions that make sense for them, because... You know, Love Boat teaches you everything and they teach you that life is very complex and sometimes you have to make choices and uh, choose one thing over another, both of which you would want. Absolutely. We can't have it all, ladies and gentlemen. No, and I'm sure by next cruise ship he'll find somebody else to hit on. 
you think? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, so guys, this was sort of like a tour de force kind of episode. Again, we, we need to figure out like how they did it, if it preempted Fantasy Island or what they did. But this definitely probably ran an hour and a half that night. But it definitely did have some two really, really heavy-duty things that I thought they handled pretty well. I agree. Yeah, this was excellent. And I thought the people did an amazing job. Let's hope we can get Loretta Swit to react to some of our posts for this and maybe we can get a hold of her. Maybe. So what 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 is our task for next episode, Michelle? Goulet gimlets. <laughs> is that what you're calling them. it? That's yeah. a good idea. Thanks. Uh, thank you guys who answered our polls because we're trying to see how everybody gets the show, what their podcast app of choice is. Uh, the reason I'm asking is simply because when I put a story up on Instagram, I'm trying to make those as fun as possible. I like to think I'm succeeding. And I include links always to the show. So I'm just trying to put the links to the podcast apps that people use the most so it's easy for people just to do one click away. Do you have any idea, Michelle, who is on the next show? I you can a, say no. You can. I abs- caught a glimpse of one person. It's Melissa Sue Anderson. Who's that? From Little House on the Prairie. Oh, oh, I know what it is. Because she is then Gopher's sister. Oh, okay. And Doc, you know Doc is involved on See, that? he's oh. already rebounded. All right. No, th- th- this, I think it's going to be a good one. Oh, my gosh. With Gopher like trying to protect his sister, that'll be a fun scenario oh, for boy. sure. We're in uh. for something next time. Yeah. So, you guys, make sure you've got something on hand uh, to, to uh, sip uh, on the next episode. And until then, I am Mishvan. I'm Michelle. Captain Stewie. Captain Stewie, please cover the bridge. And we are Loving, loving the, the Love, love boat. boat.